Welcome to Sports Mad Res's This Week in Review podcast, where we highlight the recent news in sports medicine research. Over the past week, we had two posts on sportsmedres.org. That's res.org. In the first post, we highlighted an expert consensus on important chronic, nonspecific neck pain motor control and segmental exercises. In the second post, we described the study where the authors found that less than 25% of sports-related concussion protocols in the state of Pennsylvania fully complied with state concussion law. If we take a closer look at that first post, we find that the authors completed a qualitative analysis of sports-related concussion protocols from high schools in Pennsylvania to investigate the compliance of these protocols to state law and guiding documents, such as position statements. The researchers invited all 757 high schools in the Pennsylvania Interscholastic Athletic Association to participate. They sent email invitations and follow-up communications to the superintendent, high school principal, and athletic director. Participants submitted an electronic copy of their high school's sports-related concussion protocol and indicated if their athletics program had an athletic trainer. Of the 404 schools that replied, 26 replied that they had no sports-related concussion protocol, and 184 schools sent a copy of their sports-related concussion protocol. To evaluate compliance, the research team created an assessment tool and then submitted it to external reviewers with backgrounds in sports-related concussion research and clinical practice. Four independent certified athletic trainers were then trained in the tool and analyzed the 184 protocols. The assessment tool had 67 items, including seven that verified compliance with Pennsylvania state law, and 60 items based on consensus or position statements and other guiding documents for concussion education, pre-participation assessment, prevention, and reducing exposure to head trauma, on-field recognition, off-field assessment, general follow-up care, and return to learning or participation. The authors found that only 23% fully complied with state law. The most common legal requirement in the protocols was requiring written medical clearance before returning to participation. The least common component of the state law included in the sports-related concussion protocols was the penalties for coaches who violated the removal or return to participation guidelines. While almost three out of four protocols addressed return to participation, only one in three addressed return to learning. Interestingly, schools that reported hiring a full-time athletic trainer had better adherence to the state guideline than schools that hired part-time athletic trainers or had no athletic trainer. The study is a critical step in ensuring proper care for high school athletes who may sustain a sports-related concussion. While laws can be passed, adherence to those laws is the utmost importance and should be clearly documented. It's concerning that less than one in four of the submitted protocols fully complied with state law. However, 
many protocols had some level of compliance, which is positive, but room for significant improvement exists. Also interesting, the presence of a full-time certified athletic trainer improved the level of compliance. While not surprising, the study provides evidence to those who advocate for more sports medicine coverage. Ultimately, this study suggests that while complete compliance with state law is uncommon, having a full-time certified athletic trainer increases compliance. High school sports medicine teams should perform an internal audit to ensure their sports-related concussion protocols align with current law. Don't forget that we also share extra material on social media. This week's most popular post was a paper where the authors concluded athletes may consider napping between 20 to 90 minutes in duration between 1 and 4 p.m. Athletes should allow 30 minutes to reduce sleep inertia prior to training or competition to obtain better performance outcomes. And if you're an athletic trainer who's looking for evidence-based practice CEUs, then please check out our nine online evidence-based practice courses available through the Human Kinetics website. We'll have links to our summaries, the courses, and the article on our website and in our show notes. Remember, you can always follow us on Twitter, Facebook, or LinkedIn. We will be back next week with more sports medicine research. Until then, have a fun one.